How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. All right, friends, welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. Today, my guest is Sean Kemp. Now, Sean's one of my uh, best entrepreneurial buddies. Sean has made tens of millions of dollars for his clients through the power of the written word. He's by far one of the best copywriters in the industry, and with a strong background in psychology, health and wellness, and business building, he's developed a reputation for being one of the best copywriters in the online marketing space for the last several years. He's well known for working with eight-figure companies that are already selling well and beating the best sales pages and video sales letters in the industry to help them scale faster. Now, in this episode, we're going to dig into what copywriting actually is and why it can make you millions. We're going to talk about how to create ideas that grab audiences' attention and get you buyers. We're going to dig into the differences between copy and sales. Uh, And at the end, we're going to talk about the two things that are worth more than any amount of money. So you're not going to want to miss this. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. And for all of our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the Shit You Don't Learn in College book available now. It's an absolute game changer. Five-star reviews all around on Amazon. Check it out at www.sydlicbook.com and get some free bonuses too. I'll see you in there. All right. Welcome back, friends. Welcome to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. And today we've got my good friend, probably my first entrepreneurial friend that I ever met, Sean Kemp on the show. Sean, welcome to the party. What's up, man? I'm glad to be here. I'm I'm glad that you're here, dude. Um, Sean, we're gonna get into. I'm sure we're gonna get into some fun copywriting and marketing knowledge, and you know the golden nuggets and genius that that comes out of your brain that makes people lots of money. Um, before we get into that, I'd love for you to just kind of give a little background on your story, how you became an entrepreneur, how you got to where you are now. Mm. Well, I started my first business in um, my fraternity back when I was. A junior, I was doing online fitness coaching back when in, when nobody was doing it. Yeah, before uh, it was cool. Yeah, it was like twenty. It was like somewhere around twenty thirteen. I think I uh, read the book "Crush Crush It" by uh, Gary V, and I was like, "Hey, you know, I, I don't want to get like a normal job. Um, yeah. I don't want to do this. Um, go listen to somebody else tell me what to do." And you know, obviously, you know, sitting in college, you you just get this degree and hope you find a job and. I just, I thought there was a different way to, to make money. So 
Um, well, that was that was smart of you, man. <laughs> yeah, there was a better way to make money. You know, there was. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I never. I was doing the numbers in my head, and I was like, mm, "So this is my starting pay," because I, I was like, oh, "This is how much I'm I'm gonna make at best." And I was like, "Well, yeah. I'm not gonna get rich doing that," you know. Yeah. Um, maybe if I save and 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 I don't, I don't want to push my life back and wait, you know, until my 30s, mid 30s, to feel financially independent. Uh, yeah, to, uh, to get what I want and live the lifestyle that I want. I always wanted to live, you know, in a, in a, like the West coast. I was like, oh, wow, it'd be so cool to live in Cali or, you know, Colorado <laughs> or around the mountains growing up in the Midwest. I was like, let, you know, hopefully I can, I can be location independent. So I was like, Hey, um, this fitness coaching thing's interesting because there's a bunch of people at the time in college asking me for like workout plans. Um, yeah. so I was like giving 20, 25 of my fraternity brothers, like workout plans. Yeah. Uh, and then there were like girls from sororities asking me for workout plans and diet plans cause they wanted to lose weight. So I was like actually managing like 30 or some people just doing it for free, you know? Uh, and I was like, wow, this yeah. is, this seems like something people would pay for. Um, so yeah. I did that for a little bit, built my own blog back in the day. That was the thing, you know, you, you get a blog, that's, that's how you get clients. Um, and then, uh, I just went deep into, into marketing, graduated, uh, realized that like the, the fitness coaching thing at the time I believed wasn't scalable. And I, I got this bug for like the belief that I needed to start a membership and get thousands of members and, and charge them a low fee. Yeah. Um, so I created this company called campus and I did all the funnels and the copy, I learned all this copywriting and funnels and was building the whole business asking questions in this is group digital marketer engage and like just sharing my results you know i was at the time i had one of the first people to get a twitter rep for my ads and i was chart you know i was, I was getting leads for 17 cents on facebook at the time for a, a guide Jesus. called uh drink and get lean and uh just sharing <laughs> my results and and things like that and, and then somebody was like hey you know who's doing all of this for you i was like i'm doing everything myself and they're like hey um can you do it for me? And I was like, Oh, yeah. sure. Like whatever. And I think I charged somebody like $300 for a full build out of uh, like an email sequence and strategy and everything yeah. in active campaign. And like, I did it in four hours time. And I was like, wow, that's a look at how much money I can make. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then I was like, maybe, maybe I should start like a, like a, business consulting service of some like this. Um, so I started cold emailing a bunch of influencers because I was like, oh, these influencers, yeah. they got all these people, but they don't know how to build a business. Um, yeah. So I went and I literally just tore apart all these influencers businesses. And I would send out one cold email a day of everything that was wrong with their business and things that are holding them back from all the money they could be making and like sharing the best tools and strategies and, and things that I would do if I was in there. And, you know, Roman was one of the people that got back to me. Yeah. He's like, I, I forwarded my, uh, your email to everybody on my team. This is, this is something we need. Uh, is this something that you can do for us? How would you like to come to our New York city mastermind as well? Would you be able to fly out? So that's amazing. Yeah. That's where I was like, Oh, hell yeah. Like I'll, I'll fly out, you know? And, uh, I started, I was like, Oh, you know, I'll, I'll start doing this for, for free if I can learn, you know? So I started, you know, building out funnels, writing copy, doing those things 
and he's a great writer and he was a great mentor for like learning how to become a better writer. Like he's one of the best writers I know. Um, yeah. So met a bunch of people there, grew the agency, uh, agency, which is basically just a glorified freelancer at the time. And, <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it's just all history from there. Yeah. So that's, that's basically you started, you, you learned, uh, you learned copywriting, you learned marketing, the foundations now. Um, and then obviously moving forward, you're just, you, you continue to get better. You keep working with more and more people, higher level people. Uh, I, I'm curious. Cause I, I feel like over the last five years that you and I, it's been five years, but it, um, it has, been. I was, I was just, I was just thinking about this the other day. I was like, holy shit. Like it's been five years. Um, but like, you've continued to just get better and better and become more and more of, of a weapon in the copywriting and the marketing space. Like, I'm, I'm curious just for you, like, how do you, how are you always getting better? How are you always, you know, refining your craft? Cause I think that's something, I think that's something that a lot of people lose in the modern era is like mastery of something. Like, how are you always getting better? Um, well, I, I definitely get, uh, I have a opportunity to work with um, some pretty incredible clients. Most of them, most of them are eight figures. Um, yeah. like, so, you know, uh, health supplement companies, e-commerce, definitely eight figure companies. And then also, um, you know, like in the biz op space and, and people in the high ticket space are seven figures plus. And, uh, you know, having those one-on-one -on -one conversations, we learn from each other. So it's like, I, yeah. I have like access to, you know, a bunch of people that have different perspectives. Um, and I will say that, you know, one of, one of the best mentors I had paid me a bunch of money to write copy for them. <laughs> um, and, uh, he grew a supplement company to 40 million a year, um, all in the direct response space. And, uh, like just learning his process and how he went about like writing copy um, and how he constructed arguments. Um, I had to read a book called Tools of Arguments. It was a really rough read. It's a, I don't necessarily suggest it for most people, but the, <laughs> the idea and the concept, um, unless you want to go really hard into copywriting, um, it, the concept is simply, you know, copy or writing content or anything on the internet that's marketing is really uh, constructing an argument. Um, and most people who do marketing have holes in their argument. Um, and it's your job to construct something that has no holes and that yeah. entertains and captivates an audience. Um, and I've just learned from a lot of the, a lot of the people that I've worked with and surrounded myself with. And now, you know, obviously I, I live in a building with a bunch of other seven figure entrepreneurs and you know, we, yeah. we talk about what's working, what's not, and consistently staying and doing the thing uh, allows me to just continually improve. That's amazing, man. Um, so let's talk about copy for a second. Now, for anybody listening to this and uh, they don't fully understand what copy is or copywriting is, um, can you explain what copywriting is? Like, let's go high level first and then let's, let's bring it down and start to dig in. So what is copywriting? Cause this is something you've mastered and you've made a lot of money and you've helped people make a lot of, a lot of money because of your skill set in this space. It's uh keep it simple. I think everybody that's listening right now understands what sales is. 
So yeah. um, copywriting is a sales and print. Um, yeah. That's the simplest way to describe it. Imagine the only difference is that in sales, you leverage the person's responses, what they're saying, and kind of play chess with in, in real time, in real time, yeah. based on what their moves are in copy, you have to assume what they're thinking and you have to go yeah. through your writing as if you understand what that person will think in that moment based on what you said previously. So you're almost, yeah. um, creating or, um, yeah, creating thoughts in somebody's head as you go. So it, it, it's like you're controlling yeah. what they're thinking as you're leading them through a piece of copy, if it's an email, if it's, a piece of writing, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. It's, it's so funny that you mentioned that. I had, uh, you know, I had Ian, Ian Stanley on here a couple months ago. And one of the things, because, you know, obviously he's, he's a copywriter, I'm a salesperson. He goes, dude, you, sales is bullshit. It's like cheating because you actually get to have a conversation with people and you get their objections real time so that you can handle them real time. He's like, I have to know their objections beforehand and I have to make sure all of them are handled beforehand. Right. But uh, I love that. So. So. All right. Let's let's dig into copywriting, because I think it, whether whether you're talking the written word or the spoken word, sales is potentially the most important skill you can learn as an entrepreneur right? Spoken word, written word. It's, it's all about persuasion. It's all about influencing others to help them take an action. And obviously if you have a business that is doing good in the world, well, it's important for you to influence others to taking action, because if you can influence them to taking action, you're going to be able to help them. Mm. Right. So I would love, you know, maybe if you could kind of talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how to get good at copy, you know, what, what's the, you know, what are some of the key points that you always emphasize with people when they're first starting off? People like to assume what's going on in the, the minds of their customers. So if they're selling yeah. something and they've been selling something for years, they assume, Hey, this is what that person's thinking. Um, yeah. I would say the vast majority of what makes me a great copywriter is my ability to, um, consume. Uh, and understand an audience at the deepest level. Um, and I, I always share this with, with uh, anybody when, when talking about copy, but um, it's the research that's going to give you the edge um, because um, if you go to the right spots, the internet contains information about your audience that you would never be able to assume about them. And it's going to give you um, language, uh, specific language that how somebody speaks about their problem, the questions that they're asking, um, the struggles they're going through. And um, all of that comes from, I mean, for me, the first place I look is one in five star reviews on Amazon. Um, I look yeah. at questions that are people uh, that people are asking on Quora. Um, I go to Reddit forums where people are sharing their biggest pains and struggles and looking for help. Um, those are obvious places to look because you know, as entrepreneurs, our job is to solve problems. So um, there's, if your business is validated and it solves a problem, then you have to go find, you know, there's, there's people on the internet right now asking for help. That are, that are talking about that problem, asking for help around this problem, stating their fears, stating their desires, and you just have to go find exactly. them. Exactly. It's a cheat code. <laughs> I love it, man. So how you you mentioned that like one of the things that makes you the best is, is doing your research. Um, you know, you, you mentioned you built a, a whole email sequence in four hours. I'm curious if, if research is the most important part, like 
What percent of your time is spent researching versus actually writing? Mm. Um, it depends how much background I have in the topic and how yeah. often I'm spending consuming information about that topic. So there, yeah. there are some industries where I can get away with, you know, maybe 40 to 50% of the time um, is spent researching. And then other occasions yeah. where it has to be much more than that. Um, and for example, like anything in the health space, it's probably a 50-50 split. If I start talking yeah. about things I don't understand um, to the deepest level, or I know I'm not an expert in, um, yeah. like, you know, cryptocurrencies and and DeFi and all those things, and I yeah. have to write an offer about that, I'm going to be spending a lot of time really understanding and knowing how to articulate how, something. How much, how, much time, how much time would you spend, like, if you're just, let's say, let's say crypto or DeFi? Yeah, I mean, if I'm writing a, a VSL for it, um, I'd probably spend at least a week just understanding the audience and consuming information about them. Um, yeah. At, yeah, I'd spend, you know, at least a week. Um, probably two weeks, just really understanding the audience and then letting it sit. That's the thing too. Is, yeah. So, so keep going actually. Yeah. Letting it sit. Yeah. Yeah. You have to let it marinate because, you know, you take, consume all this information in your conscious mind. And then um, it's, it's when you allow it to sit and marinate that, that you'll start to connect it with other things that are happening in your life. Um, and think about different ways that you can connect it to an audience that might not know as much. Um, and get them really to understand what might be a really complex topic in a really short period of time and do it without losing their attention and interest. So, yeah. So when you're, when you're consuming, what's the type of stuff that you're looking to understand? Are you just looking to understand like the, the psychology of your audience or what they're thinking? Like, what are the major things you're looking for? I'm looking for a specific language on how they describe what they're going through, um, how they describe the opportunity. And more importantly, I'm looking for um, objections and, you know, alternatives. And uh, especially if it's business opportunity, there's a bunch of different alternatives to make money. So why is this the best opportunity? And like one of yeah. the biggest things for me is searching for proof. Um, like I, I need something to strengthen my argument and, uh, it's not going to just come through what I say because people aren't going to, it's my word against theirs. Right. So how can I change that? Because I don't want it to be just my word against somebody else's. I want to use, um, big undeniable authorities or Buddhas and, and those Buddhas are going to be like Mayo Clinic. If I'm, if I'm doing something in the health space, Forbes, if I'm doing some stuff in the business space, um, bank rate, potentially, if I'm doing something in the finance space, um, fast company, Wall Street Journal, anything where there, yeah. there are these like massive like authority if they, figures. If they say this, then it must be true. Yeah, exactly. Because they're saying it. And I'm just going to leverage or use that information to prove my point. And that's where it comes back to the argument, right? Because all I'm doing yeah. is building an argument. I'm going to court. And if I can win that court case, like I can win over a customer. Um, yeah. It's, it's so funny you bring that up because I just realized, and I'm pretty sure I learned this from you at some point, um, but one of, our, one of our best ads that we've been running recently uh, um, you know, talks about, I think it was either Huffington Post or Forbes said that 90%, 90% of online coaches give up within the first four months, right? And it's like, I'm not saying it. 
Huffington Post or Forbes is saying it, right? It's not me, but you don't want to be part of the 90% that fails getting your business up and running. Yeah. Prese- but that the power of that. Yeah. Presenting the facts um, is a great way to like attract, uh, to first attract attention, right? Especially with something yeah. that's kind of either if it's paradoxical, like, oh, wait, that doesn't make sense. Um, like yeah. I, I once wrote a, um, a sales letter. I think it was called the Twinkie Diet. And it sounds bizarre <laughs> and stupid. And it makes no sense how a guy lost 20, how a Stanford pr- professor lost 27 pounds only eating Twinkies for 21 days. It's not my story. It is like literally like uh, an article about it. You could go Google yeah. it right now. And there's actually a Stanford professor. And I, what I can do is now I can fit whatever my agenda is into that. that right. And, and it could be that, hey, you know, you can actually eat what, your favorite foods and still lose weight, which seems to be the over the um, it's overused as a promise, but back in the day when I wrote that in like 2015, you know, it, it was, you know, new and novel in a sense. So I could use something yeah. that's like a, a story like that. That's proven that, you know, it's not mine. Um, it was a Stanford professor that did it and he did it to yeah. prove the point that calories are number one, most important thing. And, uh, what you'll know about me is like, I care so much about health and obviously it's more than eating Twinkies every day, but, um, I, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's hard to argue with facts, right? So, yeah, I love that, man. So question for you, you know, the copywriting guy, the sales guy, if, if you were to, if you were to tell a starting entrepreneur, what do you think would be more important to learn first copywriting or sales? Um, I would actually say that either of those are probably the best uh, skill sets to learn foundationally first. And it, you yeah. have to decide which business you're going after. Right. So like copy is really important for low ticket businesses. You can't get around it. Like copy is, yeah. is, I mean, you're not going to be able to grow a seven figure, even a six figure business without like some level of copy, because that's the majority yeah. of all your marketing and you're going to make sales without ever having to get on the phone. If we're talking about high yeah. ticket, you know, coaches, consultants, which is definitely a great opportunity or becoming a sales rep, that's going to probably give you, um, a bigger up and yeah. just seeing like the amount of people that go from zero to 20 K per month, just starting as a sales rep, um, within six months or, a year's time, I actually believe that if I started over, I might've started with sales because it can be transferable over to copy, but also you have to look at the person, right? So there are going to be people that are just naturally uh, like have a tendency to be better at writing um, and better, you know, they don't necessarily want to be on phones all day. And if you aren't somebody that, you know, is it just has a lot to do with energy. And I, I don't want to yeah. put people in buckets either and say, oh, if you're an extrovert, you should go out and learn sales. And if you're an introvert, you should you should learn copy because as an introvert, you can make a shit ton of money in sales being a copywriter. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert, right? And most people don't know that. And I'm definitely like the sales guy. Yeah, so, so that's the thing is like, you can be an introvert and be great at sales. Um, I do find some of the, uh, 
more introverted people tend to enjoy writing copy more because you can make millions of dollars in sales without ever having to talk to anybody. If I, it, you know, yeah. if I was selling a business opportunity in, in copywriting, that's how I would start it. <laughs> how you can make millions makes, of dollars makes, in sales without ever taking a phone call. Let me show you. With, yeah, without ever talking to a single person. <laughs> Somebody's going to watch this and or re, or listen to this and be like, wow, that's a great idea. I'm going to use that in my headline. <laughs> um, but that's a secret, right? Um, it, it really comes down to, to, to the individual, right? So I, yeah. I don't really think that one is necessarily better than the other. Um, you can definitely, um, I mean, it, it depends, you know, where your contacts lie and your current ability to, to speak, you know, and like handle conversation yeah. versus writing. Like if you, if you're a terrible writer, it's, it might be a little bit harder to be a good copywriter, you know? <laughs> I love that. Um, so speaking of copy and speaking of marketing, what do you see as being some of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make with their copy and with their marketing these days? Um, there isn't a singular focus when they're writing copy. It's like they're presenting like all these random like things that, and then just, you know, regurgitating them on a page. Um, yeah. there's no rhyme or reason they don't flow. Um, when we're yeah. talking about copy, it's like, Hey, I'm not presenting, like, I'm not taking the time to prepare and understand how all these ideas connect. They're not actually connecting yeah. the dots and taking, you know, um, proof or whatever these ideas are, arguments are, and seeing how they actually connect with one another. So there's too many things and they're overcomplicating it. Um, and I really think like the, the best letters that I've ever written, uh, the best scripts, the best ads all have been very simple and immediately easy to understand. Like the more yeah. complex you go, the, the harder it's going to be to get whatever that is to convert. Yeah. So, so basically like, you know, the whole idea is like, okay, your, your sales letter or your VSL has like one outcome. Right. So how can you make the argument that they need to take this action or do this thing in the simplest way possible? Basically, you uh, there, there's a there's a lesson that that Agora teaches, too. And it, it's that yeah. you, you should only um, if it's a VSL sales letter ad, whatever it is, email, even it should have one singular focus and you should only focus on shifting one belief. If you have to try to change more than one belief in one single letter, single letter, then then you've made it too complex. So you should only think about, hey, what is what do I have to get this person to believe that will then get them to buy my offer? So yeah. you, if you don't prepare and decide like what that belief is, then you're not you're not going to have direction. You're not going to know what to actually what your argument is. What is yeah. your case? Like, it's yeah. just that, you know, a bunch of facts, a bunch of benefits and features in there and throw it all together. And this is my sales page. And that's yeah. it. It's just going to be just going to be messy and nobody's going to want to look at it. Um, dude, Sean, I like, obviously I've known you, I've known you for a while and you're a very unique individual. And I think this is one of the reasons why I love you so much. Um, what, what do you think is something that you do or a way that you think 
that you may have noticed is just different from other people that's allowed you to be so successful? Um, I think over the years, I've been able to gain uh, something that I call range. And Mm -hmm. um, I was talking to Jay Abraham in a room in 2017. And I asked him what what made uh, what did he do with his copywriters that made them so great? And um, he said, he would have them write, uh, read magazines that had absolutely nothing to do with the offer that they needed to write about. And then he told them that they needed to connect whatever ideas, concepts, lessons that they learned from that magazine, news, whatever it was, back to the offer. And what that yeah. is, it's, it's so they could be reading about strollers and have to sell an offer about crypto, right? How can you yeah. connect those two dots? together and that's what you get is is range so wow the way that i think about things is i i think i can connect nearly anything um and any experience that i have that goes on in my life back to any offer that i want to connect it to and the yeah. the benefit of that is is it's going to be interesting it's going to make people laugh um it, it's going to create emotion and it allows me to capture attention on any platform at any time, whenever I want. Because Cause it's going to always be unique. It's always going to be unique. Right. And it, you know, it, it could be a paradox. It could be bizarre. It makes no sense. You know, it, it, it could be funny. Um, and could you, uh, could you give an example of something? Cause I, by the way, you're like, your shit that you post is like some of the only stuff that I ever consume, <laughs> by the way. Um, like, could you give an example of, of something that you may have posted recently that would be something oh, like that? A, there was one that I, I, um, jeez, oh, I, I definitely, I did a couple of posts about Karen, uh, like Karen's, um, that, yeah. that were pretty funny. I, I've connected Tesla back into business opportunity offers, which isn't really that much range. Like there's obviously a lot of connection points there. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of things that the two ideas that didn't really connect. Um, man, it's, it, it's, it's hard to pick and choose. And I, I feel like sometimes <laughs> I can't think of anyone, uh, anything off the top of my head. To be honest. We'll, we'll, we'll come, we'll come back to it, man. Um, one more, one more question for you. And I, I, again, I've seen you post about some of this stuff, but I'd love to understand like for you, like how would you define success in your life? Um, that's a good question. That's why I ask it. Uh, I, I really think that if I would consider myself successful, it would be successful in, you know, being a balanced man in the sense that, you know, I, I have built wealth, of course, is, is what some people see as success. But it does seem like Hollywood positions people with wealth as like bad people, or, um, or people that are unhealthy, fat. I mean, when I think of, or un- unbalanced, yeah. Right. When I think of movies, it's like, oh, well, the the parent, the the kid who's always alone in their mansion, and then that's where the yeah. scary movie starts. Or, um, <laughs> you know, the well, what movie? Uh, it might have been uh, Wall-E, I think, where the the people that are super fat and they're, they're just yeah. like riding around. Yeah. I don't know if they're, they're just sitting in their chairs. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if they're rich, but. Uh, generally like, you know, or they're bad people or liars or whatever else, like real housewives and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, what I, what I see is what's successful is, is being, um, you know, 
balanced in all areas of life. So relationships, health, wealth, you know, if, if, if I have to give up my health to build a million dollar business, I don't see myself as successful, right? Because yeah. like, all I've done is I've stolen energy that should have been put towards something that is extremely important for us to survive and put it into an alternative source in which then I'm going to have to take money back from there and pay those fix, to fix it all. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, and, and, you know, the last thing I want to do is, is lead a life where I have poor relationships and I'm not, you know, sharing that success with, with people I care about. Yeah. I think you, you once told me, um, I think it was you, you once told me that if we, if we lose our health and we lose our relationships, then the none, none of our other goals really matter. Right. That's so. a, I mean, that was, you know, that's a lesson to me and a, hopefully nobody ever experiences like, a, or has to have a wake up call. I think some of us do. Um, and that's totally fine. But I, I think everybody, if they don't realize it, they're going to get a wake up call at some point where they'll have a heart attack or, you know, they'll, they'll get burned out or, um, they'll, you know, go through a ridiculous divorce or breakup and then have this epiphany or realization that like, wow, like everything that I'm doing right now, isn't, isn't the life that I want to lead. And, uh, yeah. I, you know, hopefully nobody goes through those, those moments, but I, I think sometimes they are necessary. Yeah. Love that, man. Uh, one last question for you, brother. What's one thing that you wish you learned in college? It's funny. We used to, we, we used to, I mean, I mean, make fun of the, the communication majors because I was like, oh, it's the easiest major. You can get 4.0 really easily. The classes are easy. It's, yeah. you know, but I don't think I, I, I really put enough emphasis uh, I did so accidentally because I joined a fraternity and, you know, like I was able to, you know, know how to navigate, you know, living with 40 other dudes in a house. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I ran for, for, uh, um, homecoming King and like, uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff that, you know, put myself out there and, and, um, became uncomfortable for a while. But I think that the biggest thing that I, I wish I would have learned is how, you know, how to develop relationships, communicate, and, and, um, and honestly, if I learned sales in college, that would have been epic. Honestly, if, if somebody would have told me like, Hey, you just you need to learn sales because sales is going, if you want a job and make more money, you're going to need to sell somebody on that idea. If you want yeah. to, uh, yeah. So if you want to get a raise or if you want to get a job, or if you want a girl, like you're going to need to learn sales, right? If, every part of your life requires sales. So I, I do yeah. wish that I would have learned, like there, I didn't take a single class on sales. Well, I, I was just thinking like, is there actually like courses on sales? Like, is that a, is that a major like selling? If it is, it's probably should... covered in a chapter and overlooked. Like, yeah, that definitely, that definitely should be a major in college. That's pretty ridiculous. I did, I did, well, I did take like five or six classes in psychology. I just wish they would have yeah. used those classes and, and showed you because I, I did take like applied psychology, but it was more in a in a traditional sense, you know, not yeah. like how to use that to, to get what you want out of life. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, I mean, th I, I think sales and, and building relationships and honestly, they, they try, but networking and like learning how yeah. to navigate other people and, and communicate with other people in a way that that makes them like you, <laughs> that, that would, 
that would be that would be something I I think is really important for college that they just don't do. Dude, I love that, man. Sean, this has been really stellar. Thanks for the time today, brother. Of course, man. Uh, and for for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, be sure to go to Amazon and grab the shit you don't learn in college book. It's out now. Uh, you can also get thirty thousand, not thirty thousand, three thousand dollars worth of free programs and stuff if you go to sidlickbook.com when you grab your copy. So s y d l i c book.com. Grab it now. Going to be an absolute game changer. Uh, Sean, thanks, man. Thank you, brother. All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton. Thanks a ton.